Everyone, welcome to the Power Half Hour. Today we have a very special guest, uh, big fan of this guy. Uh, Maxit Realty, broker owner, um, Mr. Axel Siba. Thank you for being here today and sharing your story. Thank you. It's my pleasure, John. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here and part of your program. Uh, I've been watching it and I'm a big fan, that's for sure. Thank you. And we had a, a great opportunity to have some lunch together. We caught up and I was just blown away by your story, Axel. If you don't mind sharing with the audience where you come from and how you've been able to, you know, escape and, and still be alive today is already a miracle. So please do share with us. Absolutely. I'll be happy to. I usually keep these things private, but um, over lunch with you, I promise that I'm going to do this and it's no secret. Uh, almost about uh, 30 years ago, I was, uh, I was under 18 years old, that I uh, decided to migrate and come to Canada. So, of course, during that, I uh, encountered quite a bit of an ordeal and me being from Iran and uh, with a situation, of course, the news is covering it right now. We know how the uh, uh, regime of Iran is treating its people. So it hasn't changed for the past 40 and um, something years in Iran. Uh, I'm not a political person, but my family was and uh, my grandfather was and uh, hence my family was always under pressure with them and no matter what I did in terms of studying or what uh, it was always oppressed. Decided at the age of 17 to escape the country which at the time uh, I didn't have uh, an issued passport and for that I had to attend the military uh, based on the country's regulation so I had to escape and for that uh, I searched for smugglers and uh, went through uh, quite a bit of an ordeal passing through mountains uh, it's a long so I actually wrote a book uh, John about this and uh, I will share that with you um, the link of it yeah in, the, in on the Facebook wall we absolutely can for sure yeah. it's awesome. an experience that keep me always on my toes um, being grateful of life itself. Now, uh, I wrote a quote somewhere, it was saying, life, um, it's not only about happiness, like who told us that life is about happiness? Life is about life. Life is about experience. And we're experiencing it the way we want it, the way we built it. And this ordeal that I had to go through to get to Canada, it actually took about almost two years on the road with hunger, getting shot at in the mountain, almost died uh, in my sleep because I didn't eat for uh, almost a weekend, a uh, couple of days in there, so almost nine days without food, um, oh, and uh, yeah. practically getting survived by um, that uh, hustlers, um, workers in there. So, um, long story, when I got to Canada, my ordeal didn't stop. And uh, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't a sunshine land, so I had to make it happen. I had only $200 in my pocket at the time, and I remember I told you this. Um, I arrived uh, mid-September, and I knew Canada was very cold in winter, and I went to Toronto at the time. Um, so not the beautiful weather in West Coast in here. Um, we, we could encounter minus 40, so I had to think ahead. And with no jacket on, the first thing in my mind was to keep myself warm, just in case if I have to sleep on the streets, because I have no residence, I have, I have nowhere to go. 
And uh, so I walked in the store, I saw um, a jacket for $99 and I had only $200 bill on, my, on me. So I saw the 99, I put the $100 bill, I had no idea what the taxes was. So um, the taxes at the time was 15% back in Toronto. And <laughs> so additional $15 in there, I had no idea. So I, I just put the $100 in there and the guy looked at me and says, my friend, there is an additional $15, $15. you have to pay 15% taxes and add it. So I looked at him and I was so confused. So this was a lesson of life. I end up with $85 in my pocket and it just started my life. That's, that's what it was. I worked um, two jobs um, at a minimum wage in cash practically because the owners they wanted to pay me cash to uh, save the employment uh, um, worker compensation, whatever. They I had no idea why they were paying me in cash. So practically I had no insurance either if I got hurt and I didn't know. Later on in life I learned that and, <laughs> and I was thinking, oh my God, what a danger I was into. So anyway, um, I built my life. I went to university. I stu studied computer science in um, York University. And meanwhile, um, I fell in love with hospitality business. Uh, also, uh, worked uh, my and, and I had to pay for my expenses. Um, so I worked most of my time and attended university at night. Um, it wasn't easy. Um, of course, nothing in life to achieve. You have to you have to work it. You have to work it smartly. And at the time. In my generation, we weren't used to work smart. We, had, we, were, we were taught to work hard physically. And the more you work, you, the better your life can get. And that was the mentality we had. And I'm gonna switch this around because in my mid 40s right now, John, uh, what, I, what I really experience is that I see the generation prior to me, the baby boomers. I see generations that after me and I see there are totally different mentalities and they, they, they see things differently, their, their attitude, their achievement in life. But one thing remains the same throughout these generations, even through the latest generation that we have now is achieving success and everybody is desiring that. So that hasn't changed, but the approach toward it has changed. I was actually scrolling through this uh, motivational videos and I came across to Jeff Bezos' quote, uh, owner of Amazon. What he said, it was like an aha moment, John, for me. It was, uh, it was spectacular. He said, stress does not come from hard work. So um, if you, I'm going to repeat this again. Stress does not come from hard work. Stress comes from the things that you can control for or have a control over, but you're procrastinating it. So the, the, the thing is that you have to find a medium in there and find those procrastination, find those stress. The things that you have control over and you're not performing it. If it's making phone calls, uh, if it's door knocking, if it's follow up emails, and those are the procrastinating things that it actually provides stress in our life. And I promise you, the first phone call you make, the first email follow up that you sent, the first door knock you do, even if they shut the door on you, even if they hang up on you, you feel cheerful and super productive. So, because you've done it, right? So that stress is gone. It's like something that lifts out of your shoulders. And practically, one of the biggest things that I found out, it's the factor to the failure of 
the uh, realtors in any industry, in any area, is that they don't want to be realtors. They don't want to be real estate agents. And I would say, what? <laughs> Did you say they don't want to be an agent and they are agents? Yes, that's correct. They don't want to be a real estate agent. They fall in love with sexiness of real estate agents. The what sexiness is of real estate is what they fall in love with. Yeah. And so it's, they it's, sign up, they feel like, oh my God, this is so boring. It's, it's practically what they fall in love with. It's driving a nice car, dressing well, showing luxury homes and a dream that they have in their mind, what the real estate agents are. But the actual hustle and behind the work that we have to do, the, the phone calls, the follow-up, the marketing strategies, the, the constant, constant outside of the box marketing that we have to go through, it's the job of a real estate and that's what we do. And that's not what they like to do. So that's the reason of their factor. And for me, it was an aha moment. When I, when I came across that, I said, wow, this is something amazing. And interesting part is that when you, when you understand these things, um, you can start taking care of those procrastination. And as Jeff Bezos said, you can get rid of that stress. I remember when I was um, very young at the beginning, I also worked for Cellular Industries back in the days at Future Shop. They don't, they're not in, in, in the business anymore. I had this manager, his name was Kenny. I, I never forget him, such an amazing guy. Such a super attitude. I was grumpy every day. I hated my job. I hated to sell. And I wasn't coming up with the good numbers. We were on commission. And I wasn't making good commission. And uh, every day I was frowning and not happy. And I wasn't making money, to be honest with you, at the time. So one day as I was walking in the store, complaining as always, he came to me and he said, Axel, can I have a chat with you? I said, yeah, sure. Am I in trouble? He said, no, 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 I just want to give you a pointer. I go, yeah, sure. Kenny, what's up? He said, Axel, you know what your problem is? So I was like defensive. I put my guards like, what do you mean? My, I got a problem? He said, you know what your problem is? Your problem is you. I go, whoa, what, what are you talking about? What do you mean the problem is me? He said, Axel, easy thing is that you have to mold yourself and understand. And the day that you understand that you're a salesperson, then everything is resolved. The day we accept what you do, everything else rolls for you. And I said to him, but Kenny, I got motivation. This is not good enough for me. I, I, got, I got better things in my mind. And he said, I understand, but do not let your motivation to interfere with your now moment. If you screw your now moment, you're never gonna get to those motivation. You have to be appreciative, you have to be grateful for what you do now, if you can make the simple salesperson things that you don't like, make it shine and mold into it, then you can mold into anything. And trust me, John, that little conversation that he had with me, it just changed me for my entire aspect of thinking. Um, and, and that is, every time I hate picking up a call and calling somebody, I remember that. I said, whoa, wait a minute. Okay, it's my now moment. And I'm not going to be looking at, at that person practically. I'm, I'm not a telemarketer. I'm not a solicitor. I am a competent. I am a knowledgeable. I am skilled agent that I can help that person. But unfortunately, in our industry, we call it cold calling. There is no cold calling. You know, back in the 90s, the brokerage 
they had a big thick book right in front of them and start calling yeah. people all around them. That was cold calling. Right. Now with the technology that we have, people actually come in into our websites, they register, they give you their phone number, they give you their email, they're trusting you with that information, meaning that the first level of trust is already there. Their name, their contact number, you have it right at your hand. They're trusting you, they like your website, they trust it and they're going to the next step. Now it's your turn to pick another call and that warm call, it's not a cold call, don't forget it, because they give you that information. It's a warm call, and don't think that you're bothering their time, don't think that you're hustling them or trying to be a salesperson. You're not, you're doing them a favor. You're picking up a call to help them. You're picking up a call to look after them because they gave you their information to be helped, and you have a knowledge for it. And that's the reverse psychology that I work with myself. I get, uh, I work with quite a bit of online leads and they come into my website. They're not right away, of course, most of them, they're not ready to purchase right away. It's a matter of getting to know them and put yourself out there and show them who you are and creating that second step of trust because they already gave you the first step. And uh, also wanted to um, co cover this as well. Like, when it comes to online leads, that, that's, that's a beautiful thing. You know, when it comes to real estate, real estate is intangible. It, it's not like you're going to, uh, let's say, I don't know, um, call it a retail store uh, and, and touch something and you like it, you experiencing it, you feel the fabric and you, you feel like, okay, okay, I can see that. You see the price tag, you know the quality and you commit yourself to the purchase of it. Real estate and as an agent, we're not, or services, or knowledge is intangible. Um, and, and practically people don't know who we are, what kind of value we can offer. And the way we can establish that is gradual, by showing them the value, by showing them um, how much you can help them. And the first step is to be there. When you are procrastinating that, you're showing that you don't want to be there for them. So well, let me ask you, Axel, for these online leads, it takes a lot of patience, as you said. It takes a lot of, you know, showing them the value of who you are as a real estate sales agent. Absolutely. How much time does that take? Is it three months? Is it six months? Is it nine months to earn that trust? For every lead is different. Of course, there's no uh, booklet in there that can tell you how it is, but, but average base of every lead to be worked on it's about uh, six to uh, a year and a half. Six, six months. Six wait, months. To, six months to eighteen months. Actually, what you're talking about. Exactly. And, How do we and, give up so easily as real estate sales agents? <laughs> and that's the interesting part because that's where the follow up comes from. Mm. So you have to have a system in place. You have to have that CRM. They can alert you of what the stages or that leads. So of course, for the first conversation that you're gonna have with them, you know what their motivations are. And you know, based on that motivation, you have to build that relationship. If they're telling you honestly that, hey, wait a minute, I, you know, I gotta work another seven months, eight months to gather my down payment, you know that practically and realistically, they cannot purchase something for the next year or so. So they have to come up with their down payment. So you're not gonna push them for that because that's a reality. They have to have money to purchase for a down payment. 
And based on that relationship, you're working with them, making sure they are achieving their goals. You, you're providing them with the value that you know how to save the money. You put them in the hands of a financial advisors. And that's how you show the value to different motivations. You have to mold yourself toward their motivation. And, and that's the key. Um, not everybody's the same. I remember I attended um, Richard Robbins. Uh, when I got licensed uh, quite a while ago, uh, almost nine years ago, and it was a suggestion actually my managing broker made to me. He said, go, go see that person. You know, it, even if you learn one thing, that's valuable. And I, and I totally agreed. So I attended Richard Robbins. One thing that I actually came out with quite a bit of a, uh, learning, but one of those um, points was uh, the characteristic of people that you're talking to and matching it toward yourself. And uh, so if they are green character, if they are orange, or the coloration of a character, he was saying, it was actually a psychological thing, which was amazing. And you can also judge yourself based on those color and see what kind of character you are. Can you change and be between the characters and, and be, um, be acceptable by certain colors? So, um, I always said that real estate is like a marriage and um, when you're getting into a commitment with somebody, you have to really commit it. Now, there is ups and downs, there is uh, uh, points that you don't agree with each other, but it's like a marriage. You have to uh, understand your partner, you have to get along with them and you have to see them as a long term that this is not a one-time thing. It's, it's a long-term relationship. And that's what we're in. We're in a real estate marriage, whether we want it or not. And every client that I meet, shake their hands, and whether it's, uh, it's, it's not a transactional for me. I, I welcome them to my family. I say, hey, you're, you're, you're like a brother to me right now. Like, we have a relationship that is going to last forever. I'm, um, it, it's not me coming to your home for lunch or anything. That's not kind of a relationship we're looking for. We're looking for a relationship that is trustworthy. That you can call me anytime, I can call you anytime, and just chat about anything you want. And uh, that's a level of comfort you have to have with someone. You know, the first step is that they're sharing their very private information with you, and that's the financial things. Nobody wants to share your... I don't want to share with anybody my financial... Uh, situation, how much money I owe or how much money I have. But they do that with you. And if they do that with you, that's like your wife talking to you or your husband's talking to you because they're aware of your financial situation. I think you need to take it to heart where, you know, people uh, simply come and register on your website. It, it, it takes a lot for them to put in their personal information. Yeah. And I would think agents should take it to heart. Like, listen, this is the biggest right? It, it, one of the biggest, if not the biggest investment of their life. Yeah. But we need to treat it as such. We need to treat it as, uh, you know, with care mm. and really follow up with them and provide them that knowledge and value that they need. Absolutely. That's where you build that relationship and trust. So then they'll come back to you six months later when you're, they're ready to buy. Absolutely. You know, I hear this a lot, Axel. Oh, John, these uh, online leads, they, they're not serious. They're never looking to buy right now. What do you say to that? Well, look at it that way. Um, I feel that if you're looking at the real estate business as a short term and uh, you want to just make money right now and get out, then yeah, maybe they're, they're right. 
But real estate is a career. It's not a job that pays you nine to five. It's something that you have to have a passion for. And as I said, um, not many people they like to be a real estate agent. They just in love with the situation or the outcome of yes. it. Yes. Wow. Uh, and the process is that these relationships are very long term, and specifically the online leads. If if something gets referred to you, or if a family member uh, brings somebody to you that these people are ready to purchase, that's a different category. But yes. we're talking about people that they are never met you. They have never. Uh, got to know your value. They have no idea what kind of capacity of knowledge you have, and they just saw your website. It seemed professional enough for them to give you that information, and that's the biggest step because that's a prospect, that's a lead that can at one point becomes your family member, which is your client, and practically. That's gonna take, as I said, six months to a year and a half, even maybe longer. Sometimes I have a conversation with this. They're telling me, "I'm not ready to purchase for the next two years." And I said, "Absolutely. That, that's you're not the only one out there because you're planning and you're smart enough. You're two step ahead of any other people out there that you're planning and strategizing for purchasing something. And not many people even strategizing. They're just jumping to it." Um, or doing their strategies in last minute, and that's where the shooting in a foot comes in from. And, and, I, and I think this is a process that you can show your value because within that six months to 18 months that they are getting ready to purchase, you can share your knowledge with them. That's the time that you are that retailer store, they're coming and they're touching the fabric to understand whether they like that fabric or not, whether they can have that long-term relationship with you or not. Whether they can buy that sweater and they put it on pretty much throughout the season, and it's not just a, a sweater that's gonna rash their skin. So you, <laughs> sorry for giving you this kind of a comparison, but it just it's a best way of sorting out and understanding what the relationship you can set up for. I think so, and I think it comes back to you know seeing this as a long game instead of short-term gratification. Absolutely. So how do you, if you were to talk to an agent, what would you say to them to have them focus more on the long game instead of just what works today? Because if they ain't buying today, I'm gonna throw them away. Like that's the mentality these days, yeah. right? Yeah. What would you tell them? Well, again, it depends on the motivation of that agent. That agent, patience in our business that goes a long way. And we know we have invested our time and money and we're going above and beyond to bring in these leads into our websites. And when they're telling us, oh, I'm not ready for purchasing for another month and a half, or I'm not even serious at this, I'm just curious, I'm just watching the, watching the market. The key point is that, as I said, you have to establish that relationship. And if you're not ready to establish that relationship, maybe you want to change the aspect of your marketing. Maybe you want to focus on uh, bringing more referrals to you. If you want to have prospect that you're unpatient um, and you want to close them faster, maybe you want to work and strategize differently. Maybe online marketing, it's not something you want to focus in. Maybe you want to focus, uh, focus on your circle of influences. Um, and that's the key. That's the beauty of this business. I think most agents have this uh, idea 
you know, backwards is that online leads are supposedly they're going to buy today. Whereas most people, if they want to buy or sell today, it's probably the expired. It's probably the for sale by owners, probably a referral. Absolutely. They're already ready to buy. It just needs an introduction. So it, that, that's my biggest takeaway from that. Online leads, six months to 18 months. Never mind if you want to make a sale today, you got to yeah. build that pipeline with these guys. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And one of the beautiful things about real estate is that it's versatile toward any taste and you have different uh, ways and avenues to market yourself. If, you, if, if you're patient, then deal with first-time home buyers, seniors. If you're impatient, deal with uh, people that are investors uh, because they're impatient as well. They don't need too much of information. They already have the information. They're savvy. They're investors. They want somebody that is on the ball. Um, if, if you want to uh, approach it as a door knock and your personal uh, attitude matches it to bring more prospect in, go for it. If you think that a referral is the one that is matching your uh, criteria in addition to anything else that you do, focus on that. So depending on your character or business in real estate, it's quite versatile. Comparing to a retail business, it's just nine to five and opens in doors and bring in inventory of certain colors of sweaters, we are versatile. We have pre-sale, pre-construction, we have resale, we have condominiums, we have townhouse, we have commercial, we have property management. We have quite a bit of an avenue that you can find your character and match it to work. And that's think, the best. I think you need to know thyself. Know what you're good at, know what you want to do in this business. It might not be online leads. You might be a networking guy, or you might be, uh, you know, expired listing guy, or for sale by owner guy. Absolutely. You know thyself, but I, that's why I always recommend new agents. You got to do everything, and then find out what you're good at, what you can convert, and keep doing that. Yeah. Right. Eighty percent is your bread and butter, and twenty percent you can go outside of it. That that's what mm -hmm. I see for agents. So that that's a huge takeaway as well. It's it's really to know yourself, know what kind of salesperson you are. And Definitely. do that. It might not Definitely. be your your thing to do online leads, and that's okay. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's going to actually bring me into two, I hate to say advice. I'm nobody to give you, give anybody an advice. Maybe two takeaways that I can uh, bring in here and maybe is useful to somebody that's starting their business. Or maybe they're in, a, in the middle of it and they are, they're feeling to grow. The first factor and the, the first possible things that I can suggest is to create a business plan. It's a perfect timing right now. Beginning of the year, it's, it's a timing that you want to um, put the seed in to get that big three at the end of the year. And creating a business plan, that's like a psyche value. Um, sit down and be honest and be truthful to yourself. Go through a questionnaire of who I am. What do I offer? What kind of value I can put on the table? And what makes me different? I came up with a business plan with the five W's of uh, when, why, who, where, what, when. And you know, you can answer the when with practically by when am I gonna start doing that? By answering why is that why am I in this business to begin with? Um, be truthful, answering those questions by true honestly to yourself, it's you and you. There's no stranger in there. If you cannot be honest with yourself, then I have no other word. Forget about it. Uh, and 
For where is that where you want to be active in? We have quite a bit of beautiful areas in Vancouver, beautiful neighborhood. You want to be specific. You want to be a bit broader. You can be active in, let's say, Vancouver West and be only active in Quetzalano per se. Then I kudo you. If you are focused in a particular area, remember, uh, just a quick note, um, I learned this from one of the brokerages. When you're part of a brokerage, you have every listings that they share with you. It's not only the other agent's listing, it's a brokerage listing. And you can use the, that, that kind of advantage to uh, gain a listing for yourself. And practically, if you are focusing on a particular area like Quetzalano, assuming, uh, and that brokerage is active, there are quite a bit of an agent active from that brokerage in that area, when you're door knocking, when you are sitting down at the listing presentation, you can say that you have seen or sign everywhere in your area. So you know we are super active. We are expert in this area. You can use that. And that's fantastic avenue to go for. And many agents miss that, especially new agents. When they're asked, um, what kind of experience do you have? I, I remember the first thing I, I said to that question was, I know the other agents that is active in the area maybe has 20 other listings and your listing will be my crown. I'm going to put it right here and I'm going to take care of it because it's my only listing and right. I'm going to put my 160% attention to it rather than me pay, splitting my attention toward 20 listings. And I never forget as a new agent, the guy was actually kind of shaking my hand and said, no, I like that answer because I need the attention that I deserve. I and going forward, the second thing, honestly, I want to I wanna put out there is to, and I made that mistake, I didn't, so don't make my mistake. I came to this business all single-handedly and practically I learned as I went. I learned as I went. It's, it's a hustling game and real estate, like any other business, if the wheel is turning, don't change the size or don't change the shape of the wheel. Use the experience of the other agents, use them as a coach and learn from them. And one of the biggest thing and biggest advantages in new agents or even an existing agent like myself, I'm still learning, is to have a coach, is to have somebody as a role model. They've done something right. Um, so use their experience, analyze it and see what works for you. I never forget it. I remember at the beginning I sat at the office of uh, I'm going to say his name. Um, I'm still a good friend with him. Great guy. He's a role model. He's super successful. Still in Victoria. Um, his name is Jason Binop. Uh, I, I, and uh, he runs a, a couple of uh, great luxury brokerages called The Agency right now. And uh, his life was turned around when he recognized himself as well. And when I sat in his office and I practically analyze the way he talked to people, um, the way he follows up. Those are the things that practically I learned from him. Do the same, have a coach and have a role model. And I think that's the best way to learn. Really, it's, it's having a coach, having a mentor, having a role model to follow. And um, man, Axel, you are a gift. Thank you so much for sharing all your experience. Coming to this country with $200 in his pocket and you know, dominating the, the Kitsilano and Greater Vancouver real estate market today. 
Thank you. Uh, what a feat. I feel like I could chat with you forever, but we only have a half an hour today. Understood. Uh, Axel, if we wanted to join your brokerage or follow you, where do we find you? Well, joining brokerage, it's uh, not the choice at this time, but following, okay. me, on a, for, following me on the Instagram, uh, follow me on my Facebook. And I do have a YouTube channel. I started almost about five months ago and awesome. I, I'm putting videos out there every Thursday. Uh, join my YouTube channel. Uh, please follow me in there. Uh, for in, in a period of four months, organically, it gained about 106 followers. So I'm super wow. stoked about that. I know it takes about two years for YouTube to kick off, but I'm patient. Remember, it's like a lead uh, that it comes in online. You have to be patient and consistent and offer value. I'm putting videos out there every Thursday. Watch my videos, follow me there. And if I can be an assistant in any type or anything, I won't hesitate. Thank you so much, guys. Thank uh, you. This is the key. Axel, happy belated birthday, sir. And I look Thank forward you. to seeing this year. All the success to you. I appreciate it. I appreciate Thank you, John. Thanks for having me here. It was an honor. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good one.